time for us to check in with Vaughn Palmer on this Monday morning, and there's a lot for us to talk about because it seems like it's the beginning of a new era in the legislature. Good morning, Vaughn. Good morning, Simi. Let's start with this by-election win by Kevin Falcon. Not surprising, but some interesting stuff in there. Yeah, so welcome to opening day of the 2024 B.C. election campaign. Is <laughs> sort of what we got here. Falcon's in place. Uh, he won the by-election maybe within two weeks, uh, depending on how long it takes him to certify the results. Uh, he'll be in the legislature, so he'll be there before the end of the session. And I think it's pretty obvious that the way things stand today, it's Falcon versus Horgan. In 2024. Yes, it's going to be, I think, a very different atmosphere, isn't it? Yeah, it was actually. I mean, I thought one of the interesting things in Global's coverage on Saturday night, and I'm really glad they covered it, because uh, I don't get around much anymore. So it was uh, nice uh, to see, you know, Falcon uh, in Liberal headquarters and then go over to NDP headquarters. So the losing candidate for the NDP, Jeanette Ash, um, she, she skipped the... <laughs> Congratulations to the winner part. She went straight back to all of her talking points during the election. The mere mention of Kevin Falcon's name brings back bad memories for her, and she paraded out all the things she said about his record in government. So very negative, but again, you know, it, uh, she's a political science professor. It wasn't exactly a teachable moment in losing gracefully, but it was. It did say, here's where we're headed for the next two and a half years. The prize is British Columbia, and these two parties are going to be hacking away at each other, each other's records uh, very, from now to end. I very much got the sense that the NDP was kind of trying out lines of defense during this by-election. Yeah, you're right, Simi. It, I mean, look, governments don't win by-elections, and certainly not in the safest seat for the opposition in the province. So <clears throat> why were so many people out there, uh, cabinet ministers, campaigning, even the premier uh, put in a stop, and you're right. What they were doing was trying out their lines. Look, Kevin Falcon has a lot of baggage from the time he was in government, and you certainly saw that when the liberals were in government, they ran four elections based on the NDP's record of the 1990s. That's You have an attack mode, you have a record of your own, and you try to make the voter go, well, you know, we're not as bad as they are over there. Well, the New Democrats are going to do the same thing. Now, Falcon's comeback is, you know, I'm going to run on their record. And, of course, he brought out some hot issues right now. Uh, he, did a, he did an event on Friday with these parents who are unable to get a decent explanation for the government on why it's clawing back the benefit programs for kids with autism. Right. That's the NDP are very vulnerable on that one because, frankly, it's very hard to figure out why they're doing this. It's not, it's not the sort of thing you associate with an NDP government, for one thing. So that's that. Of course, housing affordability. Hey, the New Democrats made very good use of that in 2017 and 2020, so the Liberals are throwing that back at them. And the other issue, of course, and we've been covering it a lot, Simi, it's a, it's a, it's a hot issue and a depressing one, which is... People can't get a family doctor even if they want yes. one. People who don't have one, waiting lists in health care. And we've said it before, you know, it's, not, it's, a, it's a strong issue because it's not clear that the government can solve it in the short term. All they can do is wear it. 
Okay, so there's uh, you're right, a lot of practice, it seems, that was going on. But let's dig into some of the things that came out of this by-election that are pretty interesting. Now, he won with a good chunk of the vote, right? Almost 60%. Yeah, he got almost 60%. So Wilkinson won the seat even in a, a bad election for the Liberals. Uh, Wilkinson won that seat, the previous leader of the Liberals, uh, 56% of the vote. So it's a very, very safe Liberal seat. So you, you know... Almost 60% of the vote, what's not to like? Well, one thing. Conservatives appeared out of thin air as with a candidate in that riding. They've not run anybody there before. And uh, you probably heard the ads on NW uh, last I week. I did, yeah. Uh, attacking Kevin Falcon as, a, you know, a Trudeauite, right? Well, you know, you might say that's a bit far-fetched. But look, the conservatives, that's the message they chose. Whether the ads were decisive or it was just the fact that you had the conservative name on the ballot, but the conservatives took almost 7% of the vote. No big deal in a riding where the liberals won with almost 60% of the vote, but in a close race, 6-7% of the vote for the conservatives, if that comes from the liberal column, that makes a difference between winning and losing. And this is something that Kevin Vulcan has has talked about, right? Like he talked yeah. about changing the name of the party. Yeah, he wants to change the name of the party. And this has been talked about since the 1990s by the liberals, particularly by liberals who are conservatives like Falcon and don't much like running under the name liberal. But here's the problem. Um, if you drop the name liberal, what's to stop somebody else from picking it up and starting a liberal party? And the other problem, I think, was well illustrated by the battling attack ads in Quilchenna. The conservatives say, hey, these liberals, they're like Trudeau liberals. And the New Democrats are saying, no, 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 they're extreme right-wingers. They're conservatives. Well, if you change the name of the party, is it going to make it any clearer to the electorate what your actual brand means? Or are you going to have to go back well, yeah. and reinvent the brand? I mean, social credit was kind of a meaningless name for a long time. It bore very little resemblance to the original party of the 1930s and 40s that had that name. But the Socred stuck with it for a long time because it was a recognizable brand in the election. People sort of knew what it stood for. Social Credit won most of its elections. And when you boil it right down, it was the not the NDP party. Now, there's an idea. Right. There's an idea. The liberals are looking for a new name. <laughs> not, <laughs> How about the, not the NDP, for starters. The NND, the NNDP yeah. is what you could call it. But he's going to need to find some candidates here yeah. and to sell them yeah. on whatever the brand is that he wants that party to be, and he needs to do this relatively quickly. Yes. So uh, Falcon has recognized that the liberals need to do something about the diversity problem. It, it's evident when you look at the two parties in the legislature, the New Democrats. Democrats have a diverse cabinet, a gender-balanced cabinet, and a diverse caucus and cabinet. And they achieved that with a, at some cost politically. They adopted an equity mandate that required the party to nominate candidates where possible from underrepresented groups in the government. It was controversial in the NDP. It probably cost the New Democrats a couple of seats where the old guard didn't much like this promoting underrepresented groups, but it achieved the goal. So our uh, reporter, the Vancouver Sun reporter, Katie DeRosa, asked Falcon about that yesterday. Uh, how are you going to get this diversity? Yeah. Are you going to do what the NDP did? No, he's not. 
No, he's not. Well, he's just going to go look for the best candidates. Well, political parties have been talking about that for a long time. And unfortunately, you know, they go out and look for the best candidates and they tend to pick the same kind of people they picked in the past, which doesn't achieve diversity. So I don't know if it's going to work. Falcon says that's how he's going to go. He's got a challenge, Simi, coming up. We had one of the best-liked members of the legislature retired on Thursday, gave her farewell speech, Stephanie Kaju. She's going on to become the accessibility officer for the federal government. She is the member for Surrey South. She didn't win it by much last time. Despite being a moderate liberal and well-liked, she won the seat with about 4% of the popular vote. So, hey, the conservatives run there. They take 7%. That's a problem. Falcon is going to have trouble finding a candidate as good as Kaju, but that's his first challenge is he's got to start seriously thinking about getting candidates nominated who are more representative of the diverse population of British Columbia. It, it seems to me the problem will be the same, whether he has a like a party policy like the NDP did or he doesn't, because if he's picking, if the party is picking candidates saying this is our chosen candidate, you're still going to run into those problems with people who saying you're not letting the constituency decide. Uh, that's true. Uh, there is a constitutional difference between the two parties. The New Democrats have to use persuasion on riding associations, and the party brass had to get involved in locking in this equity mandate. The liberal constitution gives more power to the leader. The Mm. leader can simply refuse to sign the nomination papers. So the leader has more leverage. But it's still, you're right, Simi, controversial. Exactly. Our judgment will be how diverse is the slate of candidates you put together for 2024, not how good a line did you talk, but what did you achieve? Exactly. All right, Vaughn, thank you. Bye-bye.